Thanks to Third Love for supporting another mother runner. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash AMR now to find your perfect fitting bra. Welcome to another Mother Runner Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. Hey, and this is Dimity McDowell here in Denver. How you doing out there, Sarah, on this lovely spring day? Oh, good, good. I got my little friend Augie taking a nap here in the recording studio for the um, first, well, I guess he was on Alex's lap recently, and we, but we usually don't allow him in here because I worry he's going to make noise. Yes, very good. Well, quiet, Augie. Stay quiet. Yes, yes, yes. he had a big date with a... Um, American bulldog last evening. So he's pretty tuckered out. Oh, good, good. So mm-hmm. today's a recovery day for Augie. He needs to <laughs> just, just get his blood moving a little bit. Just spit it out, Augie. <laughs> oh my goodness. So we have not talked on AMR Answers since our Eau Claire retreat in the Eau Claire Marathon and all that goodness. Yeah, yeah. That was a fun, uh, fun Sunday, right? It, it was, was a Sunday. Yes, that's right. It, it was, was a Sunday. Yes, yep. yes. And uh, gosh, it was, uh, the weather was a little warm. A little um, warm, yeah. Yeah, I felt, I, just watching some of those marathoners, I was like, oh, those poor folks. It was just snowing on them a week ago on their training runs. Um, yes, yes. Yeah. And you forget with spring, the thing about spring races is there's not a whole lot of um, shade. Yeah, the trees haven't really bloomed yet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a one-two punch. I mean, it's going to happen somewhere at some time, right? And you know, you know, in the Midwest, it's going to be it maybe May 2nd, and it may be May 20th, 2nd, you know, you just don't know. But that acclimation run, or, you know, that first one, or maybe the third one, I mean, I think we talked about it before, it takes about two weeks and about nine or 10 runs to get um, acclimated. So, you know, unless you've gone over that hump, it's going to be rough, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it was, I, uh, so I ran the final leg of the four woman marathon relay. And so my leg, I started at mile 18.5. And so I didn't get started till about maybe 1120. So the sun was quite high in the sky and the temperature had climbed. And so I had intended to maintain a nine minute per mile pace and I pretty early on realized I was a little overly ambitious. So I recalibrated my goal, Dimity. Very good. Very good. And every mother runner should be able to do on the fly. Yes. And so I, um, because of the time I was starting, and so then the, the marathoners and half marathoners and other relay runners that I was amongst, I decided I'm going to try to make it so I only pass people, that no one passes me. Oh, good. That's a good goal. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I thought so too. And I was able to maintain it until like a hundred feet from the finish line when a team just sprinted by us. Like right as I was connecting with my three team members to all run it into the finish line, this other team um, just darts from behind us and, and passed us. So that's okay. One, you know, one for however many you pass is not such a bad ratio. That's that's pretty successful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it was, it, um, it was challenging. I mean, I, I tried to keep my foot on the accelerator the whole time. And, and as a result, I didn't have any extra energy really for talking, for having a conversation. So, I mean, I, you know, encounter other uh, retreaters on the way and I would yell out encouragement to them. But I, I, all I thought was don't start talking to me because I'm just, I don't have it in me. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And so uh, I came upon two of our BAM, or three of our BAM ambassadors, now that I think about it. And I knew that one of them, Katie, she just has boundless energy. And so I thought, oh my gosh, she's probably going to like say bye to Aaron and, uh, and um, Al- Alana and be like, oh, okay, here, I'll start running with you, Sarah. And I just thought, oh, oh. <laughs> and so I, just, so I ran by and I said, um, um, I can't, I can't talk. I'm in a pain, I'm in the pain cave. And, and so it came out later, Katie comes up to me and she goes, you yelled at us, don't talk to me. And I was like, I didn't say don't talk to me. I said, can't talk. Well, you might, you may, you were in the pain cave. You might've said that, right? I mean, you know, (laughs) but that would have been super, that would have been super rude. I I did like, they could have talked to me. I just couldn't talk back to them. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so anyway, but it sounds like it was good. I mean, overall, it sounds like you had a a strong run and that's, I mean, the tough Mm -hmm. runs are the ones that are, um, you know, kind of make you feel a little bit more proud. Yes, yes. And, uh, but it was funny. I finally just asked team captain Aubreen today. I realized I hadn't seen any pictures from the race course and so I asked her if she, if, they, if the course photographers had taken a, and she sent several, including one of just me heading to the finish line. And I have my eyes closed, like my head kind of tilted back. I'm like, yep, that pretty much says it all. It <laughs> <laughs> says a thousand words, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. yeah. So, but great race. Oh my gosh. So well organized. And they just think of every detail, including having a private porta potty for the mother the AMR crowd. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I definitely got that sense of having not, you know, just being part of the cheer squad, but everybody was very complimentary about the organization and, you know, having even the relay, the relay was very cool because you could follow um, on a bus, your mm-hmm. team, right. Usually on a relay, you, you just go wait at, you know, baton handoff number three until, you know, runner three to four, you know, until runner three comes in and then runner four goes. But this was organized such that, you know, every relay runner went to every stop. So that's, you know, kind of creates much more of a team atmosphere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And even when someone misses um, the final relay bus because they don't realize that they aren't going to come near the finish line, um, the volunteers um, kind of Shanghai a, a different bus and have take that runner to her mile 18.5. Wow. Relay. Is that you? <laughs> that would be me. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> so no one had meant when they were like, oh yeah, you can stay on the bus and you know go to the relay pickup. And there was no mention of when the relay buses stopped running near there. So um, I just was like, do do do, made sure I saw the 5K and the half marathoners go off, and then made my way down to where I thought the relay buses would be coming around. And oh no, you missed them! If you'd been here five minutes ago, whoops, <laughs> whoops, yeah. <laughs> so, but it was all good. I got there, and um, it was it was a ton of fun. So um, good. Yes, yes, yes. So, well, let's dive into our questions. This first one comes from Pamela in Virginia. Hi, this is Pamela. I'm a runner from Virginia. I have two children, one of which is special needs, and the reason that I started running in the first place. I have been running for several years and got hurt last year, so was actually kind of forced into cross-training. And I find that after my cross-training, it takes two or three days for me to recover and really kind of limits the amount of running that I can do, which really frustrates me. So I don't know if I'm working out too hard or but if I don't, it doesn't feel like I accomplish anything when I on that day. So um, just asking for some help with cross-training and what it should feel like afterward and how long it should take to recover. Thanks. Love your podcast. 
So, Tim, this is one of several questions we got about cross-training, including one from Katie, who is also in Virginia. So, uh, you know, Virginia is not for lovers, it's for cross-trainers, um, who uh, Katie was told um, she got read the riot act by her PT, who she was seeing for a running injury, because Katie wasn't mixing cross-training in with her running in the year prior to getting injured. So, let's tell ladies about cross-training. Um, yeah. Well, so, I mean, a, th- a couple things, I mean, you know, like anything with running, you know, from fueling to what attempt, how fast you should go on a tempo run. I mean, there's a range of answers. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we had Dina Castor on the, um, the many happy miles. We had a, a fun workshop with her last week and she doesn't cross train at all. Right. Wow. I mean, she is a very, you know, she's a biomet biomechanically gifted runner and, mm-hmm. you know, has, you know, all the traits of an elite runner, but she's like, you know, if I can't run, I'm not going. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and she thinks that her body needs a rest. So there's one end of the spectrum. Then there's the other end of the spectrum that says, you know, um, we need, you know, you really need to make sure that you give your legs as many running miles in as possible, like, you know, longevity. And so as such, you know, definitely working cross training two times a week or whatever, you know, whatever, rhythm or you have right two mm-hmm. or three times and um so it really you kind of have to figure out what, what works for you i mean if your phys- if your pt is telling you you need to cross train you probably do right i don't like mm-hmm. the phrase reading the riot act that feels a little harsh to me but um but i feel like you know if your pt is like well this running injury came on you know you need to make sure that it doesn't come on again hopefully they're giving you you know things that you work on um off the road whether it's you know biomechanics or physical therapy or strength or whatever you need you know, to make sure that you can run. But if, if, I mean, I would love for them to say, and I want to see you on the bike twice a week. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that that's fair to say, you know, you're not doing it. Well, I didn't tell you to, you know? Right. So, right. Um, and then as far as Pamela goes, I mean, if she's going too hard, that's the biggest thing that, you know, cross training, it should really be a compliment to running, you know? Um, and it, it, again, this is like kind of a spectrum and I'm kind of giving a lecture right now, but you know, on one end, if you can't run at all, then yeah, your cross training should definitely be hard at times, easy at times, easy most of the time, you know, because that mimics a running schedule, right? You know, right. so like when I was training for the Nike Women's Marathon only on my bike, I mean, I went for, you know, two hours on the bike and I would do, you know, um, quote unquote miles at race pace, which would, you know, um, mimic the effort that I would have at race pace in a real marathon if I was running it, you know, sure. that's a tough workout that definitely left me wiped. You know, I wanted a nap. I wanted to eat during it. I was, you know, it was definitely like a very draining workout. Um, you know, so, so that's one end, right. Where you're really using your cross training to be your running. And then mm-hmm. the other side is to complement your running. And that yeah. is where I think Pamela needs to dial it back. Right. Yep. Yes. I mean, Two to three days to recover is a lot. I'm wondering what she's doing. Um, I know. I know. know, I mean, so a couple things. Yeah. Yeah. What was, sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, no, I was just going to say to me, that sounds like, you know, she's doing like the hardest, you know, I don't know, hill, that step mill or whatever, you know, on like highest intensity there is, or, you know, I don't know, deadlifting and doing, you know, all sorts of super duper heavy weights or some, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. So, I mean, some of the stuff that comes to mind for, Intense workouts are, like you said, high intensity training, hit workouts, mm-hmm. um, spinning classes. Spinning classes are um, slyly hard, right? Mm. Um, you go in and you're like, oh, but I'm not, you know, there's no weight bearing activity. But you look over and the person next to you has, you know, sweated a bucket of, full of sweat on the ground. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you know, you're a competitive person because you're a runner and you're there to cross, you know. So, I mean, it's hard to go into a spinning class and be like, oh, I'm going to keep it easy. 
right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take that extra three cranks. I'm not going to climb this hill when everyone's out of their saddle. So that's, um, I think, kind of a sneaky hard cross training. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Orange Theory Fitness, um, great, you know, great class, great concept, but, you know, that's usually on a treadmill. So first of all, that's running. But second of all, that's a hard class. Um, one thing I also think about you mentioning classes is that they're really outside of your control. Yep, absolutely. Oh, I was reminded of that the Monday before Eau Claire. Um, as you know, Dim, every Monday I go to strength class up at the refinery here in Portland. And and I got there the Monday before the race and we had a different instructor. And she's definitely a, a more um, demanding instructor. Um, she puts together a harder workout than my guy usually does. And it, even as I was doing it, I was like, oh, man, I hope this doesn't affect me in my race. And I have to say my glute, my right glute was still like, remember that Monday class you took? Yeah. Squat, squat, squat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so definitely. I mean, I think that's a really good point. And so, you know, if you want to be in control of your own destiny and you're not, you know, hooked into, um, you know, I go to Pilates every Monday or whatever, um, you know, definitely um, control your own cross training. And so, I mean, if you're on a cardio machine, you know, you can either wear a heart rate monitor and keep it, you know, in the very aerobic zone. Mm -hmm. um, you can also just check yourself. Like, you know, I mean, yes, there is this idea like, hey, if, I does, if it doesn't hurt, it's not working, you know? Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is again, we want it to complement your running so that you are able to give everything you can to your running, right? Mm -hmm. And so we don't want it to be like, oh, I'm so drained. I don't feel like I can go another mile. Or I don't feel like I can do those intervals that are on my workout for tomorrow for my run because... I went so hard on the elliptical. So, you know, I would definitely, you know, I mean, often these days it's, it's a little hard on the ego, but like when I get on the Stairmaster, like I say it's, um, I don't know, I, I think it's from a, like a one to a 15, or it might even be from a one to a 20. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you pick your level, you pick your little workout, you know, if I want the hill workout or the random or whatever, mm -hmm. but I started a four, a four. Oh yeah. So oh, I, was say, I started a three. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so don't start at 11 or 12. You may want to, at some point, pick it up to that if you're feeling strong and good for a little bit. But, you know, the idea is that you just want nice, easy blood flow to your muscles, you know, get your body alive, get some healing blood going, you know, improve your cardiovascular endurance. You don't want to, like, like we say, trash yourself. So I would say, you know, if, if that number four doesn't feel good, you know, keep your intensity um, on a scale of one to 10, keep it at a five tops, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a little less is okay too. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would also not go for, I mean, I would, again, if she's really, it sounds like she's just really thrashing herself. I would like set a limit at start at like 30 to 30 to 40 minutes, you know, mm -hmm. don't go for an hour right now, mm -hmm. you know, just, yeah. just go as an idea of, Hey, you know, if I break a little sweat, I might not even have to shower after this, right? Yeah. <laughs> if you have my, my <laughs> guidelines for showering, you probably won't. So um, that's, that's what I would do. Uh -huh. um, okay. And it shouldn't feel, you know, you shouldn't feel, you know, what our other question was, how should it feel afterwards? You should feel good. You should have energy, yes. not depleted, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you're not like, oh, and now I have to go run long tomorrow. It should be like, oh, okay, that was perfect. I got a, it was like a little reset on my physiology and now I'm ready to go on with my day and I'll be able to perform during my workout tomorrow. Yeah, that's good. You should have energy not depleted. I wrote that down, Timothy. Okay, thanks. That's thanks. Yes, yes. Thanks to Third Love for its continued support of another mother runner. Let Third Love support you too. Using millions of real women's measurements, Third Love designs its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. Third Love offers its beautiful bras in 70 sizes, double the number of sizes that most other brands offer. Third Love offers cups from A to H and bands up to 48. 
And because 50% of women fall in between standard cup sizes, Third Love invented half cup sizing. If you're a regular listener, you've probably heard me rave about the Third Love 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. My devotion is utterly sincere. At a recent AMR podcast party, a few mother runners asked me in hushed tones if I really love Third Love bras as much as I say I do on these ads. What I told them? I honestly can't rave enough about the fit, the comfort, the quality, and the silhouette Third Love bras provide. And now that I've tried some of their undies, I'm hooked on Third Love, top and bottom. TMI? Give them a try. Third Love offers a 100% fit guarantee. If you don't love their product, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com AMR now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com AMR for 15% off today. Uh, this question comes to us from Ellen in Chicago. Hi, this is Ellen calling from Chicago. Um, starting to get ready for summer training for a fall marathon. And my question for you ladies is, how many races and what kind of races should I be putting into my training plan for a fall marathon race? And typically, I've run a marathon before, and I've typically done a half marathon about halfway through the training and maybe do a 10K here or there, but just to kind of keep focus but not to injure myself, just want to try and see how many times I should be racing and kind of keeping myself in check while I am gearing up for the marathon in October. Uh would be really interested to hear on your thoughts. Love your podcasts and really love AMR answers. So look forward to hearing back from you. Thanks. Thought this question would apply to a lot of people who are sure. starting yeah, yeah, to yeah. Stare, stare down their fall marathon training. So, I mean, from talking to a lot of other runners, seems that they oftentimes put in too many races and I get concerned that it's tapping them out for their goal race. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that that's definitely the case. And also um, you have to remember um, that, you know, if you go into a 10 K and you're like, Oh, I've been doing so much training. This happened actually at Eau Claire. Um, And Oh my gosh, mom brain. I can't think of the name right now. Who's a cute. uh, She was blonde hair. Um, She was, she was training for grandmas and she ran her half marathon and she wanted to come in. Yeah, yeah, and there were two women with the same name. Was it Stephanie? No. Yeah, Stephanie. Yes, okay. Stephanie. Yep. So Stephanie came in, uh-huh. and she was training for her first marathon. She's running grandmas with her brother in Duluth. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and but she this training cycle had gone so well, so she wanted to come to Eau Claire and really have an amazing half marathon. And mm-hmm. she did have a really strong race, but like we talked about the 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 warmth and um, and um, that that alone made it set back. But she was also in the middle of a training cycle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, coming in and saying, I want to run, you know, she wanted to run sub two and I can't remember exactly what she ran. She ran a PR, which is awesome, mm-hmm. but she had these ideas about how fast she should be going given how much training she'd done, which yep. kind of logically makes sense. But then you think, huh, am I training for a fast half marathon right now? No, no. In fact, I'm not. I haven't done 
you know, what feels like nine minute miles or not what feels like what are nine minute miles in the middle of a long run. Like I mm-hmm. haven't figured out what that's supposed to feel like because I've been running 18 milers and 20 milers, which, you know, they definitely are all, you know, in the same family, but they're not necessarily the same subgroup, right? Yep, yep. So, um, so, so that's the first thing I would say to Ellen. I would say, what are your expectations for those races? So, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go in and remember, you know, practice your fueling or run with a friend or just get, you know, remember what it feels like to stand in the starting corral. You know, if that's mm-hmm. something that is, um, you know, gives you anxiety or, you know, you, you know, a lot of whatever, if that's something that you feel like you need to practice, I would sure. say definitely do it at least once. Um, so that you know that on, you know, it's not when you get to your marathon in the fall, you're not like, oh, and here I am. And I feel like I haven't been here in eight months and I can't remember, you know, whatever, you know, what, what I want my routine to be or whatever. Yeah, no, that's, that's great advice. I mean, thinking about what you want to do, but that, that, and, and also you can use, um, Ellen, you can use a half marathon if you're going to be doing, let's say a 18 miler and your training plan calls for, I don't know mid seven at race pace or something, you know, you could do, you could, um, I've done this here in Portland. I've run to the start of a half marathon, ran the half marathon, then ran home from it because then, you know, it's like this, it's awesome. There's people around you. It's motivating. It's supported. You can, like you say, practice your fuel, all that stuff. But, you know, I didn't go into that thinking like, oh man, I'm going to crush that half marathon, but it was just, um, you know, so I think if you use it in that regard, it can be super useful. Definitely, definitely. But again, um, you know, just being kind of the cautionary tale is, you know, if you go in and say, okay, I need to do a 16 miler or even just 13 miles, um, just an easy run, and you go into a half marathon, there's a good chance that it's not going to be an easy run because mm-hmm. you're yeah. surrounded in a race situation. And you're probably mm-hmm. going to run harder than you should um, mm-hmm. for a, a longer run. So, I mean, there's a lot of pieces to that. So I would say, you know, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with doing 1K and maybe one 10K and one half marathon if that's interesting to you and mm-hmm. you feel like it would be helpful, you know, to keep you kind of motivated towards your marathon goal. If you feel like, dude, I don't need to stand in a corral before marathon day, don't. <laughs> You know, I mean, it really just depends, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a personal preference. Mm-hmm. It most certainly is. Yeah. Yeah. So this is from Tia in Mount Hood, Texas. Hi, this is Tia from Fort Hood, Texas. I was calling um, to ask about training for a marathon when you work a job that has you on your feet all day long. Um, I work in a kitchen um, in a hospital and I am on my feet for eight hours, but sometimes up to 14 hours at a time. And by the time I get home, I just, my feet hurt. I've had plantar fasciitis in the past, so I do wear insoles for that. But, um, and I'm just exhausted. And the last thing I want to do is, you know, spend some more hours on my feet. So um, just if you have any tips and tricks to help um, with the pain and with my legs being so tired, um, and, um, a little more specific, I can't afford a gym membership. Um, so biking and, um, rowing and swimming is kind of out of the question. Um, I really just want to stick to running and train for another marathon. So, all right. If you have any ideas, um, let me know. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. So this one, Dimity, I just think speaks to a lot of our um, audience, because I think we have a lot of nurses in the audience, a lot of teachers, um, sure, yeah, other professions that are on their feet. And I tell you, I mean, I even think about that with Molly. I mean, she's a veterinarian. And so she's, you know, 
lifting big heavy dogs and standing around all day on a hard floor and um yeah so um the what are i mean what are some tips and tricks on on pain i mean i think one thing i think about that feels so good is when you put your legs up on the on the wall so i don't know if tia would be able to come home from work and let's say she's going to do a run after work you know lay down on the floor, get your butt as close to the wall as you can, and just put your legs straight up in the air, you know, supported by the wall, so that kind of the, you know, you get that circulation going, and hopefully um, ease a little swelling. Totally, totally. I think that's a really good idea. I think wearing compression socks during Mm your um, day is really helpful if you don't have a pair of those. Um, I hear that, you know, money, uh, you're on a family budget, but I would say if there's a way that you could grab a pair of those, even at Walgreens, you know, they don't have to be like the, you know, great cute colors, DEP ones, you know, they're Mm -hmm. all, you know, medical compression grade. Mm -hmm. Um, I think an Epsom bath, um, Mm -hmm. when you come home, um, you know, after your um, you know, after your day, um, either soaking your feet or getting in the whole tub, that mm-hmm. is just lovely. And there's been some research that shows that that is definitely helpful as far as helping with um, just recovery and removing um, some of the exhaustion. And yeah, that's mm-hmm. a really scientific term. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, I, I also, sorry, I also think of footwear, you know, you're talking about compression socks. That's a great suggestion. I think I would hope that Tia has invested in a, a really quality pair of, you know, orthopedically sound footwear because I, I mean, I know that when I have to stand all day at an expo for, I used to just sometimes wear like my older running shoes. And finally I'm like, no, my lower back is killing me. You know, mm-hmm. my feet are killing me. And so when I would stand at an expo, it's a really good look, but I would wear my dance go clogs or, you know, my, my UFO slides, you know, at, with, with whatever regular clothes I was wearing or, and, or some, I used to wear clogs with um, capris that uh, workout capris. And uh, so it just made such a difference. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like, you know, she's got some insoles. I would definitely always have those on and yeah, I mean, definitely invest in some, some good shoes. And then, you know, if it is um, marathon training, you know, um, you know, you're going to have to just, I think there will be some acclimation, right? But I think the first couple of weeks are going to feel mm-hmm. rough, right? Mm-hmm. So I would definitely, if I were you, and I don't know your schedule, I mean, I know your schedule, you work eight hours a day, but I don't know if that's, you know, from eight to five or what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say try to get your run in first so mm-hmm. that you kind of give your energy to that thing yeah. um, before you go stand on your feet all day um, and then come home and spend some time recovering. Like you said, legs up the wall, Epsom salt bath, foam rolling. I mean, anything that you can do to kind of uh, like spread the blood around and spread the, you know, um, cause that just has a bunch of, uh, again, like good recovery mineral and minerals and that kind of stuff. And again, I feel like I should be a doctor saying this kind of stuff. I know what I'm trying to say in my head. I just can't quite say it, um, <laughs> super eloquently, but, um, so, and then, and so really spend the time recovering and then get up and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and then I would also really be, you know, if you have flexibility with your job, I would be very, um, I would really spend some time with two calendars, with your training plan and with your work calendar and Mm. really try to see what you can jive. I mean, if you can have, um, you know, a shorter day or um, no no exercise the day before a long run, um, if you can, you know, make sure that you get one day off a week during your work week training wise, just so that you have, you know, a day where you're like, okay, I run Monday and Tuesday and then Wednesday, I just, I just work you know, and then I run again Thursday and Friday and I run long on Sunday or I don't know what your schedule is, but I'm just saying, you know, like know that you can move some pieces around so that, you know, you can kind of give yourself a little bit of a break during the week. But, um, I mean, I'm just thinking about like, 
um, some of the, like the nurse that ran um, in Boston, she did really well, but I realized yeah. that she works, um, Tia works in a kitchen in a hospital. So that's a different than, you know, she's not, um, she doesn't have those, well, she has long shifts. She works up to 14 hours at a time, but you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you can move your schedule around a little bit more when you have those, mm-hmm. what are they called? The long swing, swing shifts? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, they work, you know, X amount of oh. three shifts a week or three 12 hours or I don't know. Mm-hmm. I right. The, like the way firefighters work. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Hopefully that's a little helpful. I would also just ask around, you know, maybe ask what, um, what nurses do at your hospital, what other kitchen workers do, you know, because maybe mm-hmm. again, like there's, there's always maybe a tip or a trick that, that, uh, you never know might work for you. Right. That people who are in the trenches have had experience doing. Yeah. Nice. So, and this final question comes from Julie in Soulsbyville, California. And yes, I looked that up. That is the spelling of it. So. Wow. Soulsbyville. That's lovely. <laughs> yes. Hi, my name is Julie Wilson and I'm calling from Soulsbyville, California. And I have an eight-year-old boy, a four-year-old girl and a one-year-old boy. And my question is, how do you get over the fear of running in the dark in the morning? I work three days a week, and I try to wake up early to get my runs done, but they're always on the treadmill, which I hate. But I'm too afraid to go out in the morning when it's still dark. So if you have any advice, I'd appreciate it. Uh, Love you guys. Bye. Bye. She does not like the dark. I totally get that. And that's um, very normal. And we hear that a lot. Um, so what, what advice do you have for Sarah? Well, first of all, I do have to share. I, I actually screenshotted. I have um, John and I are watching my son, my 13-year-old son and I are watching a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. And there's this whole scene where uh, Lemony Snicket, you know, the narrator of it all. And he was, you know how they kind of define what things are. And he was defining what a... Um, a dark day is and so I don't know something something and then he said um that night was indeed that night was indeed a dark day all nights are dark days because night is simply a badly lit version of day and and the reason that's just struck me is so funny and applicable is that I think if Julie could shift in her mind a little bit that 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 it is just like running in the daytime but there's no light like that sounds (laughs) You know, like, like it's just having a paradigm shift about what night is. And that because the thing is, is when you're in a house, I, I think about this a lot. When you are in a house, uh, you know, or undercover, or in this case, in a lit space, and you look out the window, it seems so dark outside. But then once you get out there, your eyes get accustomed to it. And you, and you realize how much natural light there is, you know, maybe it's like partially lit by the moon or some street lights or something like that. And you realize that night is not pitch blackness. Like it looks when you look out your window. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's always like the rain always feels, sounds much more worse on the roof than it is when you go outside. Oh, exactly. And I mean, please, you know, so yes. So, but I mean, there are things certainly that you can do. So um, you know, I mean, have great, carry great lights, you know, so if you don't have street lights or natural, you know, uh, the moon or something like that, you know, we love knuckle lights, which um, as, just as they sound, you, um, they sit on your knuckles, you don't have to clench your fists or anything, they have different settings, and they are so 
wonderfully bright and you can direct it at things. So if you hear like a noise off to the side, you know, it sounds like Julie, maybe it gets a little, you know, skittish about things like that. You can, you know, shine and be like, oh, oh, you know, look, it's just a squirrel or, you know, the neighbor's cat or whatever. And um, also then those ones that sit on your feet, um, Night Runner 270s, I think, I know they're called Night Runners, but, and they attach your sneakers, you know, to the laces of your shoes. And oh my gosh, I've had car drivers stop and compliment me on those lights. Wow. You know, they could really see me from, so, so that, you know, light up the darkness because for me, I am not a headlamp wearer because it makes me have tunnel vision and I get then even more freaked out by that than I get of the darkness. Um, so, so know that there's options like that. Um, yeah. And I would also put, I mean, just as far as safety, if that's another thing that's on your mind, you know, Mm -hmm. getting um, a a running vest, right. Mm -hmm. There's really minimal ones now that are like, you know, an X, um, they're just, you know, Mm -hmm. the fabric, it's not like you have to look like a construction worker, Mm -hmm. you know, out there with a big, you know, big honking vest on. Um, I also would wonder why she's afraid of it, right? I mean, is it is it, if it's wild animals, obviously light is good. If it's um, strangers, you know, taking a self defense class, um, I mm-hmm. think would be super confidence building. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, um, you know, I, I would, I'll, you know, my my first thing would be like, well, get a friend to go with you because yep. that always is going to make it easier. And I realize that's that's not always easy, and especially maybe there are not a lot of people in Souls Soulsbyville. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, you never know. Uh, but I would say those those are you know that's the other thing. And then I would also just um, really like take baby steps towards it, right? So I mean, always tell somebody where you're going, especially when you leave first thing in the morning, you know, and you're, and maybe your partner's asleep or your kids are asleep or whatever, whoever is, you know, the, the, the adult in the house or the, mm-hmm. the keeping the, the home fires burning. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I would just say, okay, I'm going to go out for one mile this morning. I'm just going to try mm-hmm. it. And I'm going to go to the stop sign and back, or I'm going to go to the, whatever the park and back. Mm-hmm. And that's one mile. And I'm just going to see how that feels. You know, I'm going to get myself prepared mentally. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't feel good, then, um, then, then, I, then I'm going to come back to the drawing board. Like, what do I need? Do I need a friend? Do I need to take a class? Do I need more equipment? You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with deciding that you don't want to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And if she does have a treadmill, um, that's, you know, easy to, well, she hates it. So she doesn't want to use it. <laughs> but I mean, that's, you know, if that's, if you give it a go and you're like, you know what, the treadmill isn't so bad. I mean, that's the thing is sometimes, you know, the grass is always greener. So, you know, I wouldn't say, oh my gosh, I have to be able to conquer this, but I would take baby steps towards it. Just kind of like you would towards anything else you want to kind of work towards, you know? So uh, also I'd like to say, um, uh, unironically, uh, look at the bright side of running in the dark, Julie, um, that, I kind of like it because then people can't, can't see me so that I don't feel like every house that I'm running by, people are like, oh, look at her, you know, she's going slowly or, oh, mm, you know, belly fat jiggling or whatever insecurity I'm wrestling with that day. Sure. And, and um, also that I definitely discovered this when I ran Hood to Coast several times, you run a whole lot faster when you're scared in the dark. <laughs> That's, so, true. That's true. So, that, so, you know, that middle of the night relay run suddenly it's like wait how am i maintaining this pace it's like oh because i have adrenaline coursing through my veins yeah yeah so, well, uh, that, that reminds me of one run i did when we did ragnar colorado and um i had like my my middle of the night one was I th- it was long i mean i think it was nine miles and i was like oh my god this is just gonna suck really i just was like this is and, and it was definitely hard but it was a full moon or close to a full moon so that, that's the other thing i would say is when you do venture out yeah when you know when when the ma nature is on your side right mm-hmm. when you got a full moon that's kind of lighting up things more than um 
it would be, you know, in, in 18 days. So, um, so try that too. So, I and let us it. know how it goes. I mean, and if, I, if anyone else has other ideas, but again, I wouldn't, you know, it's not like you have to do it, but I would just kind of take some baby steps towards mm-hmm. it. Yep. And don't curse the darkness. Yes. And don't curse the darkness. <laughs> because night is simply a badly lit version of day. <laughs> that is a good, that is a good series, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Neil Harris is so good. He's so good. Yeah. He's yeah. So good. Oh my God. And that baby, I, it, I think I shattered all my teeth just like squealing over that baby. Yeah. Oh so, cute. So, oh, cute. so cute. So cute. Oh my goodness. Um, I even oh like the, um, is it the Verizon ads? Oh, something with Neil Patrick Harris talks to his mom over like, like, you know, the newest version of Skype. Oh, I have not seen that, no. And so he talks to his mom, but then also like Serena Williams' mom is there and like four other like celebrity moms are there like, you're, you're, you look a little skinny. Are you losing weight? I don't know. It's very funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, we love getting your questions. Please call and leave a voicemail. Again, There, the phone doesn't ring anywhere. It goes straight to voicemail. So whatever, whatever, if it's, the badly lit version of day or the actual day you can call this this number and what is that number dimity it's uh 470-223-2771 again that's 470-223-2771 or 470-badass1 and please tell us your first name and where you're calling from and uh, try to keep your message to 90 seconds or less and also, um, if you enjoy this program, please tell your friends about this show, as well as the regular Another Mother Runner podcast. Dim and I adore doing the shows, and the more listeners we have, the easier it is to keep the lights on, so to speak. So keep those questions coming. What is it, Dim? Are we? Because we are here. We're always here with answers and a little yes. commentary as well. <laughs> yes.